Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, this is the continuation of a talk I had recently with Shirley Thiessen. If you did not hear last week's episode, number 176, Five Things I Wish I Had Known About Grief, I highly recommend you listen to that first. Last week we talked about the first two things, and we were in the middle of discussing the third thing Shirley wishes she had known, which was that the grief with a deep loss has no timeline. So let's jump into the rest of my talk with Shirley Thiessen. Grieving is not an event, is it? Death is the event, but grieving is a lifetime. And like you were talking about, the multiple losses, you know, learning how to deal with as the years go along, you may get hit with something else. We still find things that we need to grieve. I know for me, uh, Becca's daughter graduated high school last year, and we were watching Mm -hmm. through Zoom. And I, I cried. I mean, almost I fought sobs because we should have been the grandparents sitting there. We should have been in that graduation room, not grandparents watching on Zoom because her dad got remarried, stepmom, all those grandparents were the ones there, not us and Mm -hmm. limited tickets, you know. And and so those kinds of things that you just find as you go along, that there are things that that you find yourself grieving. It's not just a one time event, unfortunately. Some people think we need closure, that that's going to help us you know, whatever our situation is. Is that true? Oh, that makes me bristle. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it would. (laughs) Yeah. I, I just, uh, I, and, and probably I was guilty of even saying that to people too. Well, do you have closure now? You know, like the funerals happened and this has happened and oh my goodness, it, nothing could be farther from the truth for me. And yeah, there is no, it's not ever closed because you had a situation where someone said something specifically to you, didn't you about, well, you have closure now, or I suppose you. Yes. Well, we had an opportunity to go visit this site, the accident site. Oh, and which was share what exactly happened. So can you share that real quick? Yeah. So Jordan had, had died in a workplace accident. He was 300 feet in the air on a smokestack of a very large electric plant he fell 116 feet down this elevator oh. shaft. Oh. And that was, that was horrific on so many yeah. levels. He died immediately, but I just couldn't bring myself to go to the accident site for, I think it was a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And, and so finally, when we did go, it, it, I mean, there were certain aspects of it that were helpful. I met the um, man who rescued him from, where he was and he was a similar age and yeah. it was just important to learn some of the details. Mm-hmm. However, yes, people said to me, Oh, now that you've been to the accident site, now that you know more information, like, mm-hmm. does that just bring some closure for you? And mm-hmm. I just like, no, no, it <laughs> does on our end. It's almost like, why would it? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it, it is that whole before after thing. Cause I, I do, Dave and I talk about how before I lost a child and, we had not lost our parents either at that point. It's like, I was clueless as to what this grief is like. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, yeah, why, why would there be closure? (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're never, it's never done. It's mm-hmm. never done. Not until heaven. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I, I think of so many parents who lost their child through, you know, like a murder or some sort of a crime and, uh, you know, a car accident, drunk driver and that whole thing, the whole court thing. And the person is mm-hmm. guilty and sent away. And it's like, oh, well, now you can have closure. No, <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. And for them, sometimes it's like now I can start to grieve because they've been so immersed right. in, in the details that it's, yeah, now they can finally start actually putting pieces together and, and trying to live again. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Grief will change you and grief will reveal you. That was the fourth thing that Mm -hmm. you said that you wish you had known. What are some of the ways that grief has changed you, Shirley? Well, I certainly have more clarity on priorities. Oh yeah. I realized that, um, when you see your, like in my case, I saw my son in the coffin and those things that he had re- worked really hard to acquire, um, the wedding presents that they had just received, mm-hmm. the investments he had made, like they're gone. He's wearing mm-hmm. a t-shirt and jeans and he's got nothing. Mm-hmm. And it very, I mean, it's just such a poignant image of the fact that we don't take anything with us. Right. Except that we've, you know, invested ahead. And I'm so grateful that Jordan was not only a follower of Jesus, but he was very committed to tithing and giving his money to the church, to kingdom um, ministries. And I know that he has an investment there mm, in heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I um I'm so grateful that that is something that was instilled in him as a little boy and he just took it so seriously. Yeah, he just he he had joy in giving. Mm-hmm. In giving to God. And so for myself, it just brings me clarity of what is really important. Helps me to let go of the things aren't that aren't important. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like stuff isn't as important now. People in relationships are more important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We kind of yeah. talked about like the emotional swing, kind of that less patience with pettiness. Mm-hmm. Small, that mm-hmm. I find myself small talk. It's just like, I just, I, <laughs> I can't. can't get into just patty. Just, you know, it just, I, it's like, I still can't do it. I have a hard time with Me just too. small talk and petty conversation. Yeah. No, yeah. I, uh, a little tolerance for that for sure. But it also, it revealed Grief will reveal, pain will reveal us because immediately um, it it reveals what we are tethered, where our hope is tethered to. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if um, our, if your relationship with Jesus is casual or um, not of great importance, that's going to show as soon as you experience pain and grief mm-hmm. because you realize that you know, God is all that you have. Jesus is the only thing that we cannot ever lose. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, C.S. Lewis has a great quote that says, don't let your happiness depend on anything you can lose. Mm-hmm. And we didn't think we would lose our children. No, no, certainly didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you find that you hold on to plans a little more loosely now? Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was such a planner. Um, and I would say a con- 
I'm a recovering control freak. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, that is um, way looser now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how about your circle of friends? Has that changed? It has. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some have moved on, moved away kind of thing. And some have come closer. Like it's, it's been a surprise both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It and is you, amazing. People that you thought would be there for you aren't. And people that you barely even knew are suddenly there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And I think, I think so much too is their own their own relationship with grief. I think for many people, it's difficult even to express empathy mm-hmm. to someone else if they haven't grieved their own losses. Yes, that's true. And that, and that could be not just a loss of a loved one, but the loss of a job or the mm-hmm. loss of a dream or a health diagnosis. It could be anything that they really haven't grieved well themselves. It's difficult then to extend or express yeah. empathy to someone else who's grieving because you think, well, what's their problem? They're still talking. Right. About- right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I, yeah. Because if you've gone through, we talked about comparison, you know, not to compare, but you think about, like you said, someone lost their job and they have a new job. It's like, okay, well, okay. So you lost your spouse. Now you have a new spouse, get over it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that, that it, I mean, that kind of a thought it's like, why is it such a big deal? Just move on. Right. Um, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into something you and I were talking about before we hit record here. And that is your last thing that you wish you knew And it's like, God just keeps growing this in you and giving you more and more to this. And what you say in the book is that hope heroes are priceless. Find one and be one. So first of all, what is a hope hero? Mm, Well, it's a caring grief companion. So this is the name that I affectionately gave to my friends who were courageous enough to come into our grief journey in spite of the chaos, in spite of the messiness, um, you know, a hope hero is someone that just puts aside their own discomfort with grief to express empathy and compassion. And they typically do four things. And I used an acrostic to help us remember it. They do the LAP, an L-A-P-P. And that stands for listen, acknowledge the loss, pray, and patiently be present. Mm. And so I um, unpack all of these actually in a course that I've created, Hope Hero is a framework for sharing hope with the brokenhearted. And I'll just briefly go through each one, if that's all right. Yes. So the first one is listen. And, you know, we live in such a noisy world. We're all kind of trying to talk over each other. And it is such a gift that we can extend to someone else who's grieving when we say, you know what, what do you wish that others knew about losing mm-hmm. a son or losing your child and then just giving them permission to share that. And while you're listening, that means, you know, not judging, not giving advice, mm-hmm. not saying, well, Oh, that happened to you. Let me tell you about my loss. Oh, and then, yes. you know, turning mm-hmm. it back on ourselves. It is focusing listening with attention, um, listening to understand. And you know, what I found is that when a griever feels heard. A little piece of healing starts yes. to occur. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even like that is so simple, right? Like I, yes. I have a friend who 
also lost a son just recently. And I said to her, you know what? I Let's go for a long walk. I'm going to buy you a latte. And I just want to hear you talk about your son. So I'm going to listen. So, and so those three things. And honestly, we, we walked, she told me things about him that I knew and some things I didn't know. And I just kind of nodded and agreed. And, you know, when she shared something hard, I said, I'm so sorry. That must've been so hard. And she said to me afterwards, I, my heart felt safe with you. Mm -hmm. That is such a gift we can give someone when we listen with care and attention. And then the A is for, and can I just like, like you did for that friend, that's something that we can do for someone else. Yes. You know, even in our own pain, even in our own, I mean, that's how GPS Hope started. People were contacting me and it was like, I, I don't know. Let's just walk this together. Yes. That's really just reaching out and let's do this together and listen to them. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. And you know what I found out that being a hope hero from someone else, even when we're in pain, it, it does feel counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. I, I will admit that because I remember... At first, I thought I, you know, just having a shower, getting up and having a shower was a major accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just felt like, Lord, you want me to be a hope hero for someone else? Like, how can I do that? And um, I remember him he just kind of nudging me, like, just listen to someone else's story. Yeah. Take notice. Take yes. notice of someone yes. else. Look up for your from your own pain for just a few moments. Mm-hmm. And in that way, serving others is part of our own self-care. Yeah, it's a beautiful way that God starts to bring a little bit of healing to our heart. It's reciprocal that way. I love that. And mm-hmm. so it is something that we can all do for ourselves, which mm-hmm. is, it sounds so funny, but yeah, we do it for ourselves as well. Right, right. So these aren't all just things. I mean, these are things that people can be doing for us, but we can still this lap LAPP. These are things that we can, even in our own pain and loss can be doing for someone else. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go on to the A. So the A is acknowledge the loss. And there's so many creative ways that my friends did this for me. My sister, for example, made an eternity scarf with this beautiful fabric. And she made like 40 of them and then sold them to different friends. And that money went to a scholarship at the university that Jordan had attended. and, And it was in his name. So it's a beautiful way to have others say, you know, we're in solidarity with you. So mm-hmm. every time I see a friend wearing the scarf, the oh, Jordan yeah. scarf, it's just with, it's a, even a, like a silent hug that I receive yeah. just by seeing them across the room or somewhere wearing that scarf. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, they're remembering him with me. What a beautiful way to acknowledge the loss. Yeah. And so that can be through cards or a text. I have a friend that continues to text me on the 18th day of every month, January to December, Hmm. because Jordan died on the 18th. And so she knows that that date is difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And like, who does that? Right. Right. Exactly. And um, every uh, this last last month, she sent me a picture that I'd never seen of Jordan and um, her son, Kyle, when they were like nine years old oh, how and fun. they, they looked, they were almost dressed identical. They had identical haircut. identical. Oh. It was so cute. Oh. And it was just a beautiful way to acknowledge the loss and say, mm-hmm. I still remember. Yeah. And um, so there's people are creative. They can do mm-hmm. this in a number of different ways, but those are some of the things that my hope heroes have done for me. Mm-hmm. And then the first P is pray. Now, 
many people will think, well, that's a no brainer. Of course, I'm going to pray like, God, please comfort my grieving friend. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize until I was on this side of grief, all the things that need prayer for, mm-hmm. right? Physical. We talked about the f- physical manifestations of, of grief. We need to pray the protection over their physical body, their heart, mind, and soul and spirit. We also need to pray for their relationally. We talked about how relationships change. Mm-hmm. Um, couples grieve so differently often. My yes. husband and I yes. were polar yeah. opposite. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, if there was a fracture in our marriage, that could have really put a wedge. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have the grace to allow each other to do it in our own way. Right. We also um, need to pray for them spiritually. The enemy is an opportunist and he doesn't say, well, you know what? Oh, she's grieving. I'm going to take, give her a break and I won't, uh, mm-hmm. I won't, I won't bother her with right. you know, temptations to dismiss God. Nice? Yeah. And so we need to pray that our grieving friend will lean into God and not away from him. And so there's so many things to pray for our grieving friend. And then the last P is patiently be present. And again, coming back to this timeline, it means that, well, particularly in the early t- early part of grief, I remember that I I was not a fun person to be around, frankly. Mm. And and yet, you know, my friends would still invite me out for social things. They were, you know, if I if I turned them down, they would keep checking in or keep extending love and um, empathy. And then as time goes on, they continue to say Jordan's name or mention Uh, something about him. Like they're, they're patiently present with me. They're not saying, well, you know what? We're kind of done. Like that is so old. (laughs) Right. We're tired of you being Debbie Downer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm raining on our parade. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, there's just so many reasons why we need to just be patiently be present with them. Understanding that this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Right. And um, they they need your support that those grieving friends, they need your support for the long haul. Yes. Yes. It, and we're back to that timeline thing again, too, because a lot of times it's it's like I've even had a pastor of a church talking about, oh, yeah, we, we had a family in our church that lost. I can't remember if it's a son or daughter, but it's been a couple of years and they're fine now. And it's like, no, they're not fine now. You know, they're putting on the good Christian mask for you because, you know, Christians are supposed to be fine. We're supposed to get the victory. We're supposed to get over these, these trials and tribulations. And, and uh, it, it is definitely a long, long haul thing for sure. And, you know, these, these last couple of things, you know, I, I had said that as grieving parents, we can all do these things. For someone else, but these last two, I just want to say they're harder because prayer is something that a lot of us struggle with for a long time. Because, like you said, praying for our kids while they were in the womb, even before we had children, you know, praying protection over them every day, and and it didn't work. God didn't answer that prayer, so why bother praying anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to mention, and it's funny because it came up last week too in in the in the podcast that came out that topic, why bother praying anymore? And I just want to mention here again, that I did do a podcast episode on this is podcast 111. And I'll link to it in the show notes, because that is something 
that we really struggle with is our prayer life. You're talking about praying for, you know, another grieving parent and the physical things they're going through. Well, he didn't do something physical for my child. My child died of cancer. You know, it's like, why bother? It's, and we don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, stop praying for me not to be sick. I don't want to be here anymore. You know? so. Well, I, th- I think what it does is it exposes again, sort of this yes. entitlement attitude that God better not disappoint me mm-hmm. in my prayer life. Yes. He better answer how I want him to answer. Mm-hmm. And so again, it goes to that mystery. We don't know. We don't know why God answers some prayers in the way we want and exactly. some he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I know that, you know, when I was um, just new into my grief, I remember opening my prayer journal and I had this whole page dedicated to all the things I was praying about for Jordan. Mm. And all of a sudden I had this thought was, oh my goodness, I don't have to pray for him anymore. Like the heavenly father is meeting every need and then some, Mm -hmm. like, what am I going to do? I like so much of my time is consumed with even firing off a prayer in the middle of the day as I think (laughs) of something. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking across the room and there was a picture of Jordan and his groomsmen, the Mm. three best friends who were his groomsmen. And then a few weeks later, his pallbearers. And I felt like I'd say, I want you to pray for those three young men as if you were their mother. Mm. I want you to fervently put their names on your prayer journal and Mm. pray for Colin and Jared and Addison as if they were your boys. Mm. And it was like God was saying, this is how you're going to recycle your pain. You're going to be a hope hero to them by Mm -hmm. simply praying for them. And I have to admit at first it it was tough because I was like, do, do my prayers bounce off the ceiling. Right. right? Mm -hmm. But then again, coming back to the fact that there is a mystery and how God answers prayer, but he does says, say that I am to bring all my cares and all my concerns and my burdens to him. Mm-hmm. And I am not God. He is. And so just, you know, there's this kind of just reconciling to the fact that he's in charge. Mm-hmm. I am not, but he invites me to come and pray fervently mm-hmm. pray. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and the other one with, you know, the patience were, you know, at the beginning, it's like, okay, so you need to send them a text or something, you know, you can still support from a distance if you're still in your own survival mode, you, you can't be supporting someone else in that sense. But you might be surprised a little nudge that God may give you or someone he may bring along your path that he's just asking you to do just the smallest little thing. Exactly. And, and you think about someone that did something so small, it was probably meaningless to them, but it kept you going for the next hour. Oh, absolutely. You can do that for someone else. Absolutely. I had a nine-year-old boy come up to me. I was going to ask you about this. (laughs) Yes. um, I was giving a little presentation about being a hope hero to some children at the school that my kids actually had attended when they were little. And after the presentation, this little boy stood in line to talk to me afterwards. And finally, it was his turn. And he looked at me with these big blue eyes. And he just said, I just want you to know, I'm so sorry that your son died. And I was just so touched. And I said, thank you for waiting in line to come tell me that. That has just touched my heart so much. You know, he continued to hold my eyes with his. And so I thought he must have something else to say. But no, he. Mm -hmm. it was like he just wanted me to understand it 
fully. And is the yeah. silence kind of just underscored what he just had said. Yeah. And unlike adults who would try to fill the empty mm-hmm. <laughs> space yeah. with more words, yeah. he just yeah. let it hang. And, you know, he didn't touch me, mm-hmm. but I felt like I just got the biggest bear hug ever. Mm-hmm. And to this day, and that was years ago now, mm-hmm. I still have this, I get my heart just smiles every time I think of that. I'm thinking this nine-year-old boy had the wherewithal to be my hope hero in that little interaction. And so being a hope hero is not cumbersome. Mm -hmm. It's not this, you know, huge responsibility. It can be just a simple little word of encouragement to someone who you don't even know that well, or you just met or Mm -hmm. you you know, sometimes you're in a grocery line and some, you know, you start making conversation with somebody and all of a sudden they reveal something like, heavy, like, Oh, my, mm. my husband died. And this is the first time I've been grocery shopping on my own. And, mm-hmm. and like, and in just that moment, you have an opportunity to say something that will just acknowledge their loss yeah. and express your empathy. And they will not forget you. I promise mm-hmm. you, they won't mm-hmm. forget you. Yeah. Yeah. Just little small things. And the bottom line is nobody can fix us. It's like, unless you can bring my child back, you can't fix me. No, nobody can help fix the pain but they can help us carry it. Yes. And we can do the same for others. We can't fix somebody else's pain, but we can help them carry it. Even if it's just the tiniest piece of something. Right. And doesn't that just lift the responsibility off our shoulders? Because I remember it used to think that I've got to come up with something to say to you, Laura, that is going to completely relieve you of some pain. Yes. And make you feel better. Right. And I, and I can't, and realizing that I, I just simply can't, but I can help carry your pain mm-hmm. by asking you about your yes. daughter and, and saying, listening what, and yes, yeah, what and acknowledging and praying and patiently yes. present. And, and even that praying part, one thing I just want to leave your listeners with is something that just really has impacted me is I've had two hope heroes, one, well, they're both thousands of kilometers away from me, one on the west side, one on the east side, and they would regularly get on a FaceTime with me and pray for me together. So Mm. I'm hearing them passionately pray for me before the father. Wow. That was so touching for me. Mm. And they've done that for years. I just picture like this covering of just almost like angel's wings, just covering you. Yes. Yes. Just, you were just there as the recipient. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, they're so far away and yet they were, they've been so meaningful in my lives as, as hope heroes Mm -hmm. from a distance. So, so to encourage some of your listeners think you don't have to live in proximity to someone to be a hope hero. You can even do this from afar. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Well, Shirley, just like the last time, this has been really good. Uh, Thank you (laughs) for the conversation. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining me a second time. Now, how can our listeners connect with you and tell us about this lab course? For sure. Well, the Hope Heroes course is online, um, on demand. If you go to my website, ShirleyThiessen.com. The course, it's um, $97 Canadian, a great deal for Americans. That's like nothing. <laughs> um, and it's something you can do with your family, a small group of friends or, you know, Bible study. 
And it's basically two hours of content organized into five easy to digest videos. It comes with a PDF with some questions to kind of spark further conversation. So anyone from age nine to 99, this is appropriate for you. It will give you confidence to know how to come alongside your grieving friends to be a hope hero for someone else. And, you know, who doesn't want to be a, a superhero? Like, right, it's, right. it is a beautiful mission to be on with Christ as we lean into sharing hope, the mm -hmm. hope of Christ with right. others. Yes. Yeah. And that ties in. I mean, this is one reason why we have such a kindred spirit, you and I, because the whole GPS hope, grieving parents sharing hope, our prayer and our desire is for anyone who connects to this ministry to become a grieving parent sharing hope with someone mm -hmm. else. You know, once you have your own hope and you're, you know, not just treading water, but you're learning how to live again, not in spite of your child's death, but because of his or her life, you can begin to offer hope to others. Shirley, I love the way you end your book, Giving the Hope of Heaven. And mm -hmm. this, I think it could almost be considered the sixth thing or maybe a bonus. <laughs> Something <laughs> I didn't know about grief because it's given me so much less of a desire for this world and so much more of a desire for the next one. Now, mm -hmm. I had something similar happen. You shared something in this book that I want you to just kind of close us out with. Your father-in-law, Ted, died unexpectedly. And you wrote mm -hmm. about something that was shared at his funeral. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Yes. Can you share that? And then I want to share a similar story along the same line. So Pastor Dan was the officiating pastor at my father-in-law's funeral. And he was sharing with us how um, he had been at the bedside of someone uh, who was about to die, passing away. And he was surrounded by family and, and friends. And suddenly this, this man who was dying, like perked up, looked in the corner and said, Oh my goodness, I see. And he named a relative that they all knew who lived thousands of kilometers away. <laughs> and they thought, oh, he must be hallucinating or something like that relative has not died. Like, why would he say he sees him in heaven? Only to learn a few hours later that that relative had died. Um, they just didn't know of it that same day. And so mm -hmm. here their loved one about to pass from earth to heaven was already given a vision of people waiting for him yes. to welcome him to heaven. Mm -hmm. Like what a remarkable experience. Yeah. And I, I mean, when you hear things like that, it really does give you the hope of heaven. The similar story that we have is uh, years ago, the pastor that married Dave and I, his name is Pastor Dave, and he fell, broke his hip. He passed away in the hospital. And they had lived in Denver many, many years, and they had friends and family still back in Denver. And they heard later about a family where the, the brother had gone in, and I believe the sister had made an attempt to end her own life. And mm -hmm. he found her, but couldn't stop her from slipping away. And as she slipped away, he, I don't know if he had his eyes closed or if they were open, but as she slipped away, he saw Pastor Dave come and reach out his hand for his sister and the two of them walked off together. And he had no idea that Pastor Dave had died. Wow. And he found out it was within possibly even minutes that they had died. That's and, amazing. Uh, isn't it? Yeah. So wow. you know, people it, it just hang on to that hope. Hang on to that hope. You know, if you don't have your own hope, hang on to mine and Shirley's hope. We'll, we'll have hope for you until you have your own and yes. I want to, I just, I want to read something that I'm going to close this out with something that you wrote and I'm, I'm just tweaking it just a little bit, but 
Our child's final breath here on earth begins their first breath in heaven. Death is merely a door, one life to another. It's a very tight door, but Mm -hmm. it's a door. And we will be going through it ourselves, won't we? Yes. And you know what? It just makes me reframe death for me because when you think about it, our loved ones are alive. Mm -hmm. And so it just, I don't know. I just have this huge anticipation for heaven. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get there. And I do feel like I have one foot here and one foot there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I make sense because Jesus said where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And we have a treasure in heaven. Our heart is going to be in heaven with that treasure. Yes, uh, absolutely. But in the meantime, as much as we have breath in our lungs here, we know that our purpose is here and to share hope. That is Mm -hmm. our, our, as Christians, our mandate is to love others because Jesus loves us. And Mm -hmm. so one of the, I think that we're most like our father God when we are caring for the brokenhearted. And I believe that each of the listeners will be doing that at some point too. Maybe not a ministry like ours, but I Mm -hmm. do believe that God has something for each one of you listening and there will be hope flowing through you to others at some point it's coming Mm -hmm. well thank you again Shirley this has just been a very enjoyable time I enjoyed Mm -hmm. talking to you so thank you my pleasure thank you I love Shirley's honesty in sharing how deeply her faith in God was shaken even after God doing such an incredible thing for her just hours before getting word of her son Jordan's death with that black dress she talked about in the previous episode And I love how firm she is now in her belief that God is love and that his love is still the foundation for our lives, even for those of us who have lost a child here on earth. Do you need self-reminders that there is hope you won't always be in this much pain and darkness? Are you ready to be a hero of hope to others, even if it's just in a small way like Shirley talked about today? One way you can do that is to get yourself a shirt. With the cold months coming, you can purchase a long sleeve t-shirt, a zipper, or a pullover hoodie, or a sweatshirt, and it says, hold on, pain eases, there is hope. There are also short-sleeved and moisture-wicking tees. They're all in various colors and sizes. You can also get a mug for your tea or coffee as a daily morning or evening reminder for yourself to hold on because pain really does ease. There is hope, H-O-P-E. Like I shared last week, we do not put a very high markup on any of these items, but the money that does come in goes directly back into GPS Hope to help us continue giving hope to you and other perivers. So with your purchase, you are helping to support this ministry. If you would like to give a gift to help keep us going, that would be greatly appreciated, especially since we're back on the road and the Hope Mobile gets only about six miles to the gallon. So just go to gpshope.org support to give a donation. And if you want to check out the Hope shirts or the mug, go to the website gpshope.org. Click on the store tab, and then it's called Hope Merchandise. And I will put a link directly to the shirts in the mug in the show notes and also to where you can give a donation of support to keep us going. Let's go ahead and get to our birthdays. Rodney Lorenz was born on September 18th and left us at age 49. 
Alistair James Fleming was born on September 19th and left us at age 26. Nathan Young was born on September 19th and left us at age 19. Acacia Gordson was born on September 19th and left us at age 15. Brittany Melton was born on September 19th and left us at age 25. Justin Balducci was born on September 19th and left us at age 35. Maya Tarbett was born on September 20th and left us at age 13. Nicole Zanoni Romaldo was born on September 21st and left us at only 16 months. Ryan Bradley was born on September 22nd and left us at age 25. Alyssa Barker was born on September 22nd and left us at the age of 33. We celebrate the day each and every one of these children came into the world and into the lives of their families. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced and shared with the other listeners, I would love to be able to do that. It's an honor for me to be able to do this part of the podcast each week. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There's just a simple form to fill out with the information we need, including the pronunciation if your child has a name that sometimes gets mispronounced. And submit that when we will add your son or daughter to the birthday segment the week of his or her birthday. And we also send you an email to remind you to listen that week. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says that our Father God is the giver of comfort. The Message Bible puts it this way. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, He brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. I'm going to read this from a couple more versions. The Living Bible says, He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of every mercy, and the one who so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. And why does He do this? so that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them this same help and comfort God has given us. And if you've noticed, I've added verse 4, the why. It's not the only reason God gives us comfort, but it's one of the reasons, and we've been talking about that today. In the Passion Translation, it says, He is the Father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. I love that. Endless comfort. He always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial. We can bring them this same comfort that God has poured out upon us. And I know some of you are probably thinking, but God isn't giving me comfort. God does give comfort and hope to each one of us I just want to say that sometimes it's our anger with him that keeps us from being able to receive the comfort that he wants to give us. 
God does give comfort and he gives hope to each one of us through our union to Jesus, through the Holy Spirit who is living inside us. And I would like to pray over you right now. Father, you are our Father. And I thank you that even though it may not seem like it, you are a loving Father. Help those who are angry with you to be able to place that anger on the one who deserves it, the enemy who brought sickness and sin and destruction on this earth and who's so good at what he does that he can even deceive us into blaming you so that we cannot receive the comfort you are trying to give us. Help us to see with different eyes. Instead of being angry at what we or our children are missing out on here, that we begin to understand that what we are doing is blaming you for allowing our child to be in a place where there are no more struggles. There's no betrayal. There's no sickness from anything from a runny nose to cancer that eats away at them slowly. There are no more accidents of any kind that cause pain or damage. Help us to realize that we are angry and blaming you and feeling betrayed by you for allowing our children to be loved on in a way that's so much more perfect than anything we could have given them here. As much as I love my child, I could not do it perfectly. And now, Becca, my daughter, is experiencing that. And it's the same with anyone listening. Lord, I thank you that their children are experiencing a perfect love that we wanted to give them, but in our humanness we were unable to. But now they're receiving that from you. Yes, our hearts are shattered. Our pain is intense. And it's more than we can put into words. We just want to leave here and go be with our child. But God, within that, help us to think about the wonder of where our child is in a way that eases our pain and brings us a measure of comfort that you have for us. Instead of keeping our minds set on our pain and how unfair it is that they did not get to experience the fullness of life down here and what they're missing, help us to begin to think about their gain in a way that draws us to your love for them, for our children. You loved our child so much that you decided to allow them to skip to the front of the line to be in your perfection, in your glory, and your absolute perfect love that we have yet to experience. Thank you, God, that you did not leave us comfortless, but you sent the Holy Spirit not to just be with us, but to live inside us. Help us, God, help us, Father, to tap into your spirit of comfort that is already in our hearts. That's how much you love us and how good of a Father you are. All we can do is to throw ourselves into your arms, cry and ask for help to find our way out of this suffocating darkness. And when that happens, Lord, give us the strength to be a hero of hope to someone else who needs the comfort we learned how to receive from you. And I pray these things in the precious and the wonderful name of Jesus that is above every other name, including death. Amen. I hope you felt the Lord's presence in that prayer. I prayed it with a sincere heart for each and every one of you. You can be a hero of hope. You can become a grieving parent sharing hope. You may not be at that place right now, 
but you can be. And Shirley and I both fully believe that at some point you will. But until then, please remember to hold on. Pain eases. There really, truly is hope in him.